Welcome to the Trip Anthropologist podcast, where together we travel thoughtfully around the world, hear fun and fascinating conversations featuring locals and experts about the history and culture of your next travel destination. Be inspired and amazed at some of the world's most intriguing and iconic locations. So, pack your curiosity, fasten your seatbelt, and get ready as we take off for this week's adventure with your host, award-winning anthropologist, Monique Skidmore. Hello, travellers, and welcome to the Trip Anthropologist podcast. Each week, we're taking off on a trip to some of the most exciting or unusual destinations in the world. I can promise you that I'm just as curious as you are. So together, we'll explore the history and culture of the world, one trip at a time. Today we're off to Greece to understand one of the largest, longest-running and mysterious cults in the ancient world. We're going to travel to Eleusis and find out about the Eleusinian mysteries. On the way, we'll see the entrance to the underworld, meet some formidable female gods, and learn about the significance of pomegranates to the Greeks. I'm very excited to be welcoming back to the program Danai Kosuris from Alternative Athens, who told us about the myths and legends of the Acropolis. Today we're coming back to her hometown of Athens to get to the bottom of the Eleusinian mysteries. I'm hoping by the end of this episode, you'll be penciling in Eleusis for a visit next time you're in Greece. Away from the beautiful tourist areas of Athens and the splendid antiquity centred on the Acropolis are the suburbs, home to almost three quarters of a million Athenians. As Athens grew to reach the neighbouring towns and villages in Attica, it absorbed them into this sprawling city. What is now an industrial port and a lovely spot for lunch was once a site of pilgrimage for the cult of the goddess Demeter. It is only 18 kilometres or 11 miles from the centre of Athens. It was also the birthplace of Aeschylus, the ancient Greek tragedian. Today Eleusis is being refashioned as more than just an industrial site with some dusty ruins at its heart. It is the 2021 European capital of culture. But I'm not interested in the bustle of this burgeoning suburb, which in Greek is called Eleusina. I'm here because it is where the sacred way leads, from Athens to Eleusis, and thousands of people have followed this sacred way. These ancient people came to be inducted into the cult of Demeter, by participating in the Eleusian mysteries. These mysteries were the most sacred of all the Greek mysteries. Demeter was the wife of Zeus, and Persephone was their daughter. The mysteries are reported to have given the initiates a belief in their immortality, or at least removed from them the fear of death. So in order to find out what these mysteries are, and why Eleusis was so important that the sacred way led to its door, Let's turn to our wonderful storyteller and mythology tour writer, Danai Kosuris. Danai, welcome back to Trip Anthropologist. The Eleusian mysteries were a very big deal for more than a thousand years in which they were practiced. Can you tell us what the Eleusian mysteries were? Well, hello, Monique. I'm very happy for meeting you again, and thank you for choosing to shed light on this mystical topic and off the beaten path ancient destination. To answer your question, no, I cannot tell you what the Eleusinian mysteries were because it's a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, as far as we know, the Eleusinian Mysteries were the most important religious festival in ancient Athens. They were dedicated to Demeter, goddess of agriculture, and her daughter Persephone, and they were called Mysteries because the rites that took place during the festival were attended by a specific group of people, the initiates, in total secrecy. From the thousands of people that had participated in these festivals for a millennium, nobody ever revealed what was going on there. But what was the ultimate goal of all these practices is something we're aware of. It was a promise or a hope for a better life after death. So what was the relationship then between this little town, Eleusis, which was once 11 miles away from Athens in Attica, and ancient Athens? And I'm interested, you know, in, in why we have a sacred way between the two. Well, Eleusis is located in one of the most fertile valleys of Athens. And although it's a bit far from Athens city centre, the ancient Athenians always considered it as part of their city. According to the myth, when the gods divided the world in areas of influence, Demeter chose the Eleusinian valley known as the Thriasian plain. And so in this area, her greatest shrine was developed. The Athenians were very interested in the shrine and the area in general. So they connected it with an avenue, as you said, known as the Sacred Way, a large road paved for the most part, which started from the ancient Agora of Athens, passed through the central gates of the city, the Keramiko Cemetery of Athens, and approximately 11 miles west, it stopped in the sanctuary of Dinter in Eleusis. Symbolically, it was like the way to the underworld, or not. Fantastic. So tonight, please take us on a tour of Eleusis. Can you show us around? Let's start arriving at the site. What are we going to see? As you arrive in the ancient site of Eleusis, you immediately notice that the whole place is divided in three sections. The sanctuary, the wheat warehouses, and the great walls which protected it. The first thing you see as you enter is the big altar, the Escara. And it was the altar for the animal sacrifices. It was like a huge barbecue. After that is the courtyard with a beautiful pavement, the double gateways, very monumental, built by the Romans, which offered to the site a great artistic prestige. When you cross the gates on your left, you'll find the sacred well, another important spot. This is where the mythical princesses of Eleusis met Demeter, transformed into an old lady mourning the loss of her daughter since she was abducted by Pluto. And then the modern visitor steps follow the steps of the ancient initiates on the sacred way, which leads him in front of the Plutonian. It's on the right side of the road. What is the Plutonian? It's actually a cave dedicated to the god of the underworld. And it's through this cave that Persephone returns to her mother for a little while. It is the place where the living world and the world of the dead are met. Now, the final destination of this journey was the Telesterion. The Telesterion was a special temple of Demeter, a rectangular-shaped construction with a roof, benches carved on the rock, where the thousands of participants attended the revelation of the most sacred objects. We know nothing about these objects, and if indeed they were real objects, but 
the revelation was definitely something about the real meaning of life and death, the mortality of the body and the immortality of the soul. And after that, it's the museum, of course. (laughs) Even the Romans fell in love with Eleusis and it became, as you said, a very prestigious place for wealthy and famous Romans to visit as well. So what was it that was so important? What happened in these rites, in this initiation ceremony that made the whole of Greece want to travel along the sacred way and undertake these rituals in the Telesterion? Well, It's hard to answer this question, what really happened, but keep in mind that the mysteries lasted for nine days. And during these days, they had several other rites uh, going on. But at the end, we have the great revelation. Some say it's about the revelation of the goddess, the goddess herself appears in front of their eyes. Other scholars believe that it is something that has to do with fertility and maybe we have a connection between the chief priest with a priestess kind of connection, dramatized sexual intercourse maybe in front of uh, their eyes. But it could be something very simple. I believe this is the most accurate explanation. After all these days, what is all about the whole thing, it's about life and death, how nature dies and how nature revives, right? And if we consider that Persephone personifies the grain, Persephone goes down in the underworld, the grain is hidden in the ground, then Persephone comes up and stays with her mother and the grain grows and we have the wheat. So maybe it's something very simple like the sacred object is like dry wheat, a grain and young wheat, (laughs) let's say. And maybe it's, it's very simple to our eyes, but think about Christianity and think about the Holy Communion, which is the most important part of Christian religion. And in the end, what is the revelation? The body and the blood of Jesus, right? Which is actually bread and wine. So you get an idea of what happened there. So what's the symbolism then? And I think you're starting to answer that now, the symbolism of the story of Demeter and Persephone. What does it stand for? Well, a simple explanation could be the story of Persephone can be the allegory of the cycle of the seasons, the explanation of why the grain grows and why it dies. But if we dive a little bit deeper in this myth, we discover more sophisticated interpretation. Now, People are part of of nature, right? Nature dies and it revives again. The same happens with people. Now, the average ancient Greek had a very standard view of the afterlife. The defining characteristic of humans is that they are mortals in ancient Greek culture. They will definitely die. And when this happens, there is no other life but being shadows of their previous existence in the underworld. And that's it quite boring. So what survives after death is less important than the living person of this world. So they wish the death could be reversed. Now, an initiate in the Illusion Mysteries wants to ensure that there is a happier, more pleasant status in the afterlife. And after all, Persephone came from the world of the dead. 
So death was reversed in this case. But I leave it open. <laughs> and that's really what people were hoping to find in the Eleusian Mysteries. So why did the rites associated with the mysteries stop being practised? Because Christianity and a more influential promise of afterlife took their place. When the ancient religion gradually started fading away, the mysteries lost their prestige, but they were actually banned from being celebrated in the 4th century AD by the Byzantine Emperor Theodosius as part of his project to Christianize his empire. And of course, Greece, Eleusis, was part of the Byzantine Empire. There was built a church right over the cave of Plato. And, you know, that Byzantine church is such an obvious part of the landscape now. You almost have to look for the ancient Greek buildings that were destroyed. Let's go back to food, shall we? Because I'm particularly interested in pomegranates. So can you please tell us about the importance and symbolism, or the meaning, I suppose, of pomegranates in Greek culture? According to the myth, Persephone, she's down in the underworld, and she cannot go back and stay with her mother forever. Before she goes to her mother, tricked by Hades, she ate some seeds of pomegranate. And because of that, she was bounded to this world for six months of the year as the queen of the dead, while the rest of the year is spent in the living world with her mother. Now, ever since, the pomegranate holds an important place in Greek culture. It was and still is the fruit of the dead. And that's why it's offered as a gift, but also it's still, even today, in our days, it's offered as a gift to the dead. It's also the symbol of fraternity, the symbol of prosperity, of abundance. That's why we smash a pomegranate in our doorstep in the New Year's Day. <laughs> and also the symbol of good luck. And remember, the whole idea of the Eleusinian mysteries was to promise luck and better treatment after death. Okay, so now Eleusis is a suburb of Athens. So for thoughtful and curious travellers, what's it like? Is there anything to do there besides visiting this wonderful archaeological site? For many decades, it was the industrial centre of Athens and it was a place that people didn't want to go because it was very busy, full of industries, a lot of pollution. But the last 10, 15 years, Eleusis is changing into a peaceful and picturesque little harbour town with beautiful paved walkways you can scroll around and delicious little tavernas and cafes. Most of the industries are closed now, so it's a very nice place to spend a day. Indeed. Does Eleusis mean anything apart from being a nice little town for Greeks and for Athenians today? Does anyone know or care about the Eleusinian mysteries anymore? I think that the average Athenian remembers from school at least the name of the mysteries and the place. <laughs> they think that the whole idea of mysteries, it's a nice story, almost mythical to their minds. They are not sure it actually happened, but it is enough to attract his interest and make him visit the town. Now, I'm not sure that the average Athenian would actually enter into the site Probably he will enjoy it from the outside, drinking wuzo, philosophizing about life and death. But this means that it's not totally forgotten. That means that it's also very good for the travelers because it's a place almost empty, off the beaten path, 
with a very special energy and a unique experience. So if there's one piece of advice then that you can give curious travellers listening to this podcast about visiting ancient Eleusis, what would that be? Well, to keep their mind and spirit open and definitely to bring a pomegranate to Persephone. Okay, well, I think it's fair to say that the mysteries of Eleusia are no longer mysterious after our episode today, and that we have found a fascinating piece of ancient Greek mythology in the landscape of suburban Athens. You might not have thought about Eleusis as a must-see destination on your next trip to Athens, but I hope that Denai and I have convinced you of the critical importance of Eleusis and the Eleusinian mysteries to the lives of the ancient Greeks. I hope we've piqued your curiosity and that you too want to peer into the plutonium at the underworld. And whilst I know you'll have packed your curiosity, just remember to pack a pomegranate as well, because you never know who you might meet in Eleusis. I'd like to thank the wonderful and knowledgeable storyteller and tour guide, Danai Kosuris, from Alternative Athens, for being so generous as to come back on the program and fascinate us all over again with tales of the ancient Greek world. You can read everything you need to know about visiting Eleusis from the website tripanthropologist.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Trip Anthropologist podcast. I'm looking forward to our next adventure together where we'll travel thoughtfully. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Trip Anthropologist. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast series so that you don't miss any further episodes. And please take a moment to leave a review of the podcast in the App Store. Begin planning your next trip now at tripanthropologist.com. And until next time, travel thoughtfully.